This is Dr. Rahi, and you're listening to The Treatment, your source for all things health, wellness, and beauty. If you like what you have heard in today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Thank you. Hi, guys. I'm here today with my friend, Ethan. He is the CEO of Benev. It's a corporation that manufactures and distributes aesthetic products such as threads, uh, an amazing RF microneedling machine, exosomes, which is what we're going to talk about today, and skincare. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for coming. These are really beautiful. You're beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Perfect environment to talk about what I know. Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to talk about exosomes because that's a really important topic. Mm -hmm. Everyone's been kind of... you you know, talking about exosomes, but I don't think everyone really knows what they are. So maybe we could just start from the beginning. What are exosomes? Yeah, so exosomes are a tiny little uh, bilipid membranes that are secreted by the cell. So technically speaking, in your saliva, there's exosome. In your body, bloods. Because your cell constantly produces exosomes. And then again, what it does is basically, it's a communication between cell to cell. So it allow cell to cell to communicate to become something or to not become something or to help out right certain areas in your body. So it's basically throughout in your body and then again now when we talk about exosome for the aesthetic, we're using it in terms of a, a therapeutic potential in for instance the wound healing aspect, right? Wound healing, yeah. yes. So if you do a control damage utilizing your laser device. Right, or RF microneedling devices, or any type of uh, uh, exfoliations or modality using your practice, then there's a question of how you as a provider, right, would reduce the downtime to maximize the outcome of the procedures. From the patient standpoint, how then they go home, recover from, so that they can get back to their life. Right. right? That's one role of how topical skincare exosome that we came up with that you put it on after the procedure immediately and also daily basis. Right. Then it'll help uh, enhance in the recovery of the treatments. And not only just the recovery side of it, because we talk about wound healing, but it can enhance the treatment result. Uh, and then I think that's ultimately what you as a provider, right. and then what the patient who received the treatment will want. Um, now what's typically became most popular treatment now is combining our topical exosome with the microneedling treatments. Right. So you would microneedle, there's already proven therapeutic uh, perspective as far as like how the microneedle helps, right? Mechanical damages and how it can proliferate and again create regenerations of the skin and then your skin looks tighter, looks good. Um, exosome if you were to apply along with it, will basically enhance the treatments. Exosomes are um, not stem cells themselves, they come from stem cells, correct? And they're released to mm-hmm. communicate with other cells to regenerate and pro- pro- proliferate. <laughs> Perfect. I, I don't know how else I can say better than what you just okay. said. And so uh, your exosomes that you specifically manufacture come from um, younger donors, because mm-hmm. we want you know, the younger, the more yeah. youthful. Yeah. Um, and yours are manufactured in South Korea or yes. here? So um, we have what we call a master stem cell bank 
it's the process which that the government or organization would determine how to select the donor, right? How to screen the donor and making sure that the cell itself, right, are free from all the virus. And then again, once you select them, then you would have a cell that are extracted from them. We use in this case is adipose drive. So it will extract from their fat. And then again, that cell became our master stem cell bank. We have abundant amount of that cell that we extracted from the fat and we store in the nitrogen tank. So we can use it for the next 20 years. We have a three of that uh, basically donors will master stem cell. And then again, we decided to do this process and select this from Korea because it's basically being regulated by the government, which I feel safe. In US, the company are required to do it, but there is no regulation per se to handle this kind of process. So I felt comfortable you know, working with the Korean company that are out there that have way of which to basically you know, create that stem cell bank, basically utilized to produce exosome. Right. So there's no cell in the exosome. Cell proliferated, as you said. Right. And then again, it will produce this exosome. Exosomes and, which help communicate. Yes. And then what you do is basically you filter and then you basically isolate, purify the exosome from what we call conditioned media, which cell grows within, right? right. Filter out the cell, you filter out the debris, Right, and we have a dual filtration process uh, to make sure that there is, you know, uh, isolation of the exosome that are being done, and then we lyophilize, dry freeze them uh, to make sure that we resolve the issues of storage. Exosome typically to be viable needs to stay frozen, right, and minus 20 or minus 80 sometime to have a longer shelf life, but by lyophilizing it, just how you would lyophilize, for instance, COVID vaccines or the Botox, right? These are all lyophilized. Right. Uh, so that it can be stored in the room temperature okay. or sometimes in refrigerations, not right. to be frozen. Okay. So that's the process we took to make it convenient, to make it into the products, given a convenience for providers to keep it in just the refrigerator, not to put it in the freezer. Right. Uh, then we basically have a what we call diluent solutions. Yes. It's HA base, hyaluronic acid base, to mix with the lyophilized exosome for the topical application. So that's how we design. So there's no cell. We did a pretty good uh, job on isolating so that there's not much of debris within the products. Right. Um, so it's the long, lengthy process. I was only able to do this at a cost that we were able to save in Korea with the technology and an investment that we have made with all the resources that are available and uh, it was just the best options. Yep. We verified the information in our own lab here in the US. Uh, we have a tissue bank, FDA uh, approved facility uh, in Orange County, California and we're basically working really close together with the Korean company to make sure there's a quality that are being insured. Um, and we just also figured out a better way to communicate right. what was done in Korea. Uh, so it's very close, t uh, close TG partnership that we uh, in place. We don't just go and buy a ingredient that are out there and just bring right. it in. Uh, we're deeply involved in the process to bring the product and then uh, commercialize it here in the US.
So exosomes are growing in the United States. I've been hearing more about them over the past few years, but how popular are they in South Korea? Uh, so all the technology came from South Korea uh, that I'm working with, but the concept started in the US. So we can talk about this later on. Most of innovative product, the idea itself usually starts in US, right? But in US, with how they are established with the regulatory, the companies with a few big companies kind of dominating, the innovation ideas usually starts here, but it's innovative products, it takes a long time to come out here. Right. Right. So right. The, the concept of exosome being applied, obviously, and exosome itself is starting here. But it was a Korean company who went ahead, shortened the process to develop the products that are available. Right. right. So um, that's the reason why we had an exosome concept and we researched exosome here in the US, but we decided to go to Korea to work with the company that had not only the, the funding part of it, but you know, have shortened the process to make this innovative products. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, is the patient population in Korea using exosomes a lot? Yeah, so the actual uses of exosome, um, after I brought the technology, it actually start here in the US. Oh, okay. In that case, because we brought it in. Yeah. Uh, before us, there are a few other exosome companies that are out there, but none of them are designed as how we design as a topical skincare. Right. Uh, we're the first one we came up with an idea is that exosome, although has a huge therapeutic potential, but let's limit that to make it available for a, a patient level. And that's what we did. And after we start increase our growth here in the US, then I think the Korean market also, they don't want to have technology, but again, right. The, I think that the whole initial uh, um, popularity within the medical aesthetic industry starts in the US. Right. Then it become, become popular in Korea. So it happens simultaneously, but again, I think that overall, now it's popular in Korea. Yeah. It's because now the Korean medical aesthetic industry recognizes how popular the exome is becoming in the US. Right. And it's globally now. Right. China, Japan, and Turkey. In Europe now everybody wants to see and try exosome because it's getting popular here in the US. Right. US doctor, including yourself, are the leading the industry around the world. And I love that's that. the truth, right? That's very so, powerful. Yeah. So for me, I always work with the Korean company because again, there's definitely innovation there. Yeah. And then their development process is faster. You think it's because just because of the regulatory restrictions in America that um, Korea is so innovative because Korea, you know, is so innovative with yeah. so many different but there's things. There's more to it for sure. Yeah. So, what do you think? All it is because Korean skincare, um, you know, threads, the quality of threads that come out of Korea are like so much different than the quality of threads that come out of other countries. Um, and I think it's the the open competition, and again, in in, in the core of it, there is the interest of aesthetics. As a right. whole, there are different level interests that are studying not only from medical aesthetic industry as a provider, but from the patient standpoint. Right. They love to basically uh, improve themselves, and yeah. again, they love the whole ideas of you know uh, uh, you know beautifying themselves. Right? right. So there's that core of demand that are starting from 
the consumer and patients, right. they want to get treated, they want to make sure their skins are glowing, they will look better. Yeah. And I think that's probably where it started, which kind of leads into the whole competitions that are happening within the industry, that the more and more companies have to come out with something new and better, right? And that is true with the skincare, right? Yeah. With the K-beauty. Yes. But also that is very true within the medical aesthetic industry where there's huge competitions in the medical aesthetic, right? Field where you have one building, you walk into in Gangnam area. In, in you've Korea. You've got yeah. 50, I'm not kidding. Yeah. 50, it's very possible. 50 clinics located in one big building. Right. Competing each other. That's so cool. Yeah, so you can imagine it's like it's their it's they feel like this is this is reality they have to face. So yeah. If not fifty, let's say five. Imagine there's a five clinics doing the Botox and fillers and then again treatments and everything. You can imagine yeah. the providers are competing to yeah. absorb, right? Yeah. Uh, the patients. Right? And then again, there is that drive, right? But also like when they're working so closely together, the doctors they, they probably learn from each other too in the same small space. I believe so, but there's so much more of competitions because really? it's it's pretty brutal. But and also too, that goes to the industry as well. And then again, the industry have to provide to feed into these providers who's competing to obtain the patients. Learn from you is you do dual um, import export, so you'll take American aesthetic products over to Korea and you'll bring, or Asia in general, yep. right? And then you'll bring the best that Asia has to bring here. How do you decide, you know, the American market is going to really want this product in, that, you know, Koreans use? Mm -hmm. What what makes I you... I think uh, there's the market insight that I was able to develop with uh, uh, with my experiences of uh, now. It's, this is my 18th year in the industry wow. um, that I have brought experience experiences working with different specialties within medical aesthetics, you know, um, cosmetic doctors, um, all these famous mid-level providers. I also work with plastic surgeons and dermatologists. I think that helped me to see, you know, what's next. And then I can always, I can always, always assume that as well. Um, and then again, there is obvious demand that I see, right? The question is how soon can I bring the technology right. Go through the regulatory process. That's right? a lot. Build the brand marketing and find a distribution channel to distribute. So it's a long process. Can you can you walk us through some of the steps yes. that you have to take? Yes. So um, how do I know? For instance, Exosome. I started uh, whole ideas of Exosome researching about six years ago because again we we were uh, producing and manufacturing growth vectors here in the U.S. for last. Uh, uh, 17 years, obviously, and then we knew we were going to transit into the exosome because we knew about the exosome being the next thing, and then we were already familiar with the condition media. So we started from research with our team, looking at, you know, how to produce, right, testing it out, making sure that in vitro is that what we produce is exosome, how we're going to scale it up, then realizing we can't do it ourselves, we need somebody else who can do a better job than us, that's why we went to Korea, and then bringing that product to US, what's the best way to bring it in? Is it a medical device? Is it a drug? Or is it just a cosmetic? When it comes to exosome, it's decided to go with a cosmetic. So registering ingredients. Because it's topical, yes. therefore it's cosmetic. Yes. And then uh, we also knew that FDA would have an issue because exosome has a lot of therapeutic yeah. potential. I've 
heard enough of stories of how exons are being implemented, injected, and I thought that was not the case for us. We should never get into that. So we register ingredient exosome into the you know personal uh, product council PCPC, and then again got an inky name, which you see in any cosmetic product as an ingredient. So that was the way that I decided from the regulatory perspective to bring it in legally and able to distribute it legally here, right? Wow. So then the branding aspect, people did not know what, what the exosome was all about. Yeah. So we will work with the top KOL, like yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Just like I'm working now with yeah. the different aspects of how do we then communicate, not to the doctors, to the patient. Yep. And then again, I wanted to work closely with you because again, you have a way to communicate and to convince the patient at a different level. Right. All the time, the last three years, what I've tried to do, tried to do is basically to communicate to the physician to convince them this is the next big thing. And then they yeah. really need to bring this into their practice to right. benefit of themselves, benefit of the patient. So we will do the congresses, we'll do the seminar and symposium. Podcast. Podcast now. Yeah. Because it's a new thing for me because again, <laughs> already you're way ahead of me as far as communicating this very complicated concept, right? And then put them into the way or form so yeah. that you can communicate better with the patient. Yeah. And I think this is great. So I've yeah. got so much to learn more about it. But you know, that was whole process that I took for the last five years. Yeah. The product only has been sold in the market for the last two years. Wow. Right, and then now we've grown from zero. Yeah. On Exosome account, now we have 1,800 accounts across the country. Across the country in the US. Wow. So, um, and that's that's the long process, and again, it's only possible when you understand branding is important, right? Making sure that you have a proper distribution channel within the medical aesthetic field. Yeah, and knowing how to you know take all those steps to get there. Yes. It's quite difficult. It's yes. a lot of work. And you're finding that the providers are receiving it well and the patients love it? Yes, and we are happy to see that there's obviously reorders that are happening. Nice. And then again, we see a lot of great feedbacks that are coming off. And then again, we never pay attention to social media. Now we have to. I'm learning yes, you from do. you. But, <laughs> social um, media. I'm randomly attacked and they are sharing their testimonies. Yeah. Uh, and I think that um, um, I'm also very touched with Obviously, I, I wanted to be successful, but again, you will not know until, you know, um, this product actually in the market and see how these products are, you know, uh, benefiting people. And then again, seeing this response, again, that's been amazing. And then again, I was very relieved and then again, yeah. happy to see. And then again, I think that we now need to do a better job of explaining this. What it is, yeah. what yeah. it's um, used for. Yeah. So it's not just used for um, topical skin application. You can also put it in the hair because it also provides hair yes. regrowth. So we would say just from where I'm standing, yeah. we would say scalp as in scalp, right? Scalp rejuvenation. So yes. it we would not even make a claim that it will grow hair. Yeah. But just like it was skin, right? Because the scalp is also your skin. It will help your scalp to proliferate in a way. Right. And then again, if you do any control damage yeah. or stimulations to your follicles and hair. Such as microneedling? Yes, and then we can combine that with our exosomes. And it'll help improve the soil, which right. is the scalp. And assumption is that healthier scalp would make the healthier follicles. And then right. again, that's a very simple concept, but that's pretty much what we communicate to our uh, customers. And how that's different from um, PRP in the scalp is that it you know the quality of the exosomes and um, 
so it's more uniform versus when you draw someone's blood and take their platelets, you don't necessarily know the quality of their platelets. You're making the assumption that they're healthy and they have healthy platelets. Yes, and I think uh, I, I get that question a lot basically because again, PRP is sort of standard what's known out there uh, for that particular matters and, and purposes. But uh, I think I still think PLP is very sexy. You know, PRP. You know, and then again, the whole ideas of I've never heard doctor, sexy. doctors drawing blood, and yeah. then again, to autologous, right? You're making a product out of yeah. your own blood, yeah. and then you're being re-injected or yeah. you use it. I think that's cool. I think there's a lot of storytellings behind it, and then again, there's a benefit that people are noticing. But as you said, uh, benefit is that you know, provider if they may decide to they can do autologous injections with it. You know, right. To prove for joints, right? right? Uh, but as you said, there's no way for providers yeah. to quantify, yeah. right? Identify what's in them. Right. There's assumption, right? With the studies that they provide right. by different company, right? Different company. Um, and then again, the components that are could be in it could be varies by individuals, right. as you said, age, level, age, and like you know, the conditions that yeah, exactly. they. Um, but what I came up with, although we're limited, because again, it's topical only, yeah. but we have set up a um, set amount of exosome, which contains the growth vectors, microRNA, yeah. uh, um, cytokines, and interleukins are in it. And then again, so there's a consistency right. that can be provided. Um, I think that's, that's the probably cool. main differences. I love that. Yeah. That's very the future of medicine. Yes. So for, from your professional opinion, what do you think? Um, where do you think the aesthetics world is heading and what do you think is the next thing? Um, what I hear nowadays over and over because I basically I'm engaged in communicating with at least hundreds of doctors in monthly basis because I'm meeting them in the congresses uh, and then again listening. Right, because how many congresses, how many conferences do you go to in a year? <laughs> Uh, our company goes about 20 to 20. Uh, this year we're planning on 29 congresses. Okay. Uh, and then we're doing about 45 symposiums. Okay. But uh, I always hang out with and spend time with our uh, medical advisory board and the KOL doctor like yourself. Right. I pay attention to what they talk about. Non-invasive became more and more popular now. Yes. And then I start hearing skin booster, which is the words that I've never heard. Skin booster. Yeah, in the US, but yes. I know it's really popular in Europe and Asia. Yeah. And our exosome solution it's I designed that as skin booster. Right. And and that um, is very new, but I think they're seeing injectables great, Botox great, yeah. toxin product great, lasers great. Now yeah. they're moving into a lot of non-invasive. And then again, pedio thread is not a skin or facelift procedures, but the way it does is so much more easier than the surgery. So right. I think there's the whole aspects of uh, PDO that are getting popular. Yes. Um, RF microneedling that we launched, the right. reason that we were able to penetrate is because again, it's, it's compared to existing devices out there, less pain. I love RF microneedling. Yes, focus on whole aspects right. of rejuvenations and then again, how skin would recover and yeah. again uh, and again regenerate and look better. Yeah. Um, I think that's where it's heading. Yep. Uh, although there's always going to be a surgery, right? There's always going to be right. a, a heavy, uh, strong lasers could right. basically do the make makeover. Yeah. And I have zero uh, thing against about it. 
but I think that more and more providers are going to be open and then more and more patients are looking for an alternative way to look better, look young, younger, look right. prettier. And then again, I think their preference now is heading more to the non-invasive. Right, I agree. Yeah. And okay. obviously you told me that too, and then again, I hear that from a lot of other doctors. Like I have a lot of plastic surgeons who are still very hardcore surgery, Yeah. but I have a lot of plastic surgeons now Better. that I don't do surgery nowadays. I do right. Yeah. stay away from it, and then again, I maybe do once in a while, but all my patientele are now looking into the whole non-invasive, yep. and then that's what they're focusing on. Yes. So, I think it's the true, and then I saw that trends changing in Korea, which I have a lot of respect uh, with the whole innovations and how they are evolve so fast. And I've seen that trend, you know. And then I've seen that trend in Europe as we've been out there for a while. And I think in U.S. though, uh, that you know, no pain, no gain concept still dominates. I think in a lot of practices. Yeah. Uh, I think that now people are saying no. You know, there's a way right. yeah, to gain without you know, much pain. Right. Right. So and I, I feel think, like the non-invasive procedures, um, people are starting younger, so it's like great for prevention. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. And that's the big trend now that it starts in Korea too. Like if yeah. you go to Korea, if you're 18, 19, 20, yeah. they're already in this their wrinkle management with the Botox. <laughs> I love it. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, people would think. Yeah. But like once you go to high school, that's when they're seeing in the clinics. And then again, it's it's very uh, competitive, so the price point is to the point where it's very affordable to the It is very people. affordable. Uh, and I shouldn't have said this, but again, somebody might not like it, but the providers will pay about uh, 20 times less than what you would pay here I understand in the West that. with I a lot this. of filler and Yes, blah. and a lot of that is because yeah. of all the regulations yes. in the United States, yeah. which makes the pricing so much higher. Yeah. Even in Canada, though, the prices are so much lower. Yeah. And, and Mexico, the prices are so much yeah. lower, but the prices here are so high. <laughs> but the, the difference is that doctor would pay less, but they can still upcharge, and they can charge really low because again, it's all about the doctors. Right. What philosophy that he has, and then again, how his technique and experiences are better than others. So some doctors still charge more than U.S. doctor in Korea. Oh yeah. Right. And some right. doctors would just go like, we're just like a. Like a supermarket, like come a, in, like a, like yeah. a machine. machine, come in, fix, 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 go. I don't know if I want that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that's that's the difference. That uh, the Korean doctors still have an options to 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 be who they are and then define their yeah. philosophy and approach yeah. in medical aesthetics. Yeah. And I see a lot of variety of you know treatments and yeah. again and also the price point. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I really want to go to Korea and get some treatments. <laughs> Yeah, it's done. We and should go. I know, and do a thread training, yeah. and then also, um, yeah, basically that's what I want to yeah. do. Do a thread training and get some treatments. Yeah, so I think that would be <laughs> a really good idea because again, like I said, they uh, they have a lot of products that are out there that I'm seeing yeah. that I want to bring it in, but I have to first make sure that the it's their manufacturing right. and the company behind it, and if they have commitment to grow U.S. market, which. Yeah takes time and effort. That's true. Yeah, and then sometimes I see amazing products, yeah. but there are a lot of products that haven't even seen the light yeah. to be introduced in the US market because it, it just, I feel, it feels so bad because they, 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 it's it come out of that whole uh, innovative nature that, yeah. that are in Korea, yeah. but you know, um, 
there's a lot of product that's just come and go. Cool. That's yeah. why we need to go visit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and see what's out there. Well, thank you so much. I'm really um, grateful that you're doing all this work and bringing all of the technology over here to America so I, that we can yeah. experience it. I think that's, that's the new model that I looked into it seven years ago. Um, and that's what I started before I was exporting the US made product, which we manufacture right. to Asia. Yeah. And then when I look at the network of the industry yeah. and then again, network of doctors that are created in both sides of the world, yeah. I was like, wow, I can connect these. That's right? so cool. I can be a liaison. I can be a mediator yeah. in between and I can help Korean company understand US market yeah. and help them introduce here, which yeah. will benefit providers and the patient. And also I can bring, like I said, there's a lot of innovation happening in US, yeah. right? The ideas bring that into to Asia too. Great. So, so that's what I've been focusing on for the last seven years. That's I why it. I travel a lot. I love it. Uh, but I have, uh, I've, I've just what, you know, uh, makes me make it in the morning now. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so much stuff to do now. Yeah. I'm working on other products bringing from Korea, US, wow. which, like I said, it's like there's a five year formula that I created it. And again, it starts yeah. from A all yeah. the way to see some light and it takes at least five years. Wow. Right? So I got to work harder. Right? Yeah. That, that's that's, that's kind of the, cool. the nature of what I do now. I can't wait to see all of the new things that you're, you'll are you be bringing. Yeah. But you need to help me because again, <laughs> I don't know how to still communicate in a very simple, yeah. and simple way so that the patients and consumer can understand. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> the very, very important key aspect that we as a yeah. company need to understand because at the end of the day, we're convincing the provider, yeah. like medical doctors, but it's you who's talking to and interacting know, with the patients with them every yeah. day. All right. So awesome. I need to pay more attention to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for coming. Thank I really so appreciate it. This is a great me. talk. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.